in this podcast, we'll share with you. <laughs> I forgot I'm like, it's saying yeah. what's happening. Hey everyone, welcome to Frugalicious. I'm Jessica, an outdoorsy teacher who, in the words of my father, has a lot of words. And I'm her sister, Beth, also gifted in the word area and <laughs> a book enthusiast. You're not a word enthusiast? Oh, I could be a word enthusiast. Okay. <laughs> in this podcast, we'll share with you some frugal and fabulous tips, tricks, and life hacks, particularly in this series about side hustles. Don't chase the money. Nope. The money chase you. That's right. Cause you're the boss now. Telling daughters what to do. It's frugalicious. Yeah, it's a movement. We'll find the discounts. Ha. Yeah, we can do this. Yeah, we can do this. Welcome to part three in our side hustle series. Today we'll listen in on an interview that Beth does with a friend who self-published four books and how that saved him money and allowed him to build a platform as an author. So if you haven't already listened to parts one and two of our series, you should go back and listen to them now. Those are episodes 11 and 12. All right, so let's hear what Todd has to say. Yes, I'm very excited about this interview because I think he gives a lot of really good ideas for people who want to start doing something but they don't have a lot of cash to invest in a new endeavor. So it's a good way to do that because I think a lot of times people who are very entrepreneurial that don't mm-hmm. often have just like tons of cash sitting around so they want to start something but a lot of businesses you need to put a lot of money in from the mm-hmm. get-go and you'd think that publishing is one of them but Todd shares some very special tips with us about how you can save money and do self-publishing nice all right so today we have a special guest my good friend and semi-famous author Todd Foley welcome to the studio Todd hello thank you Beth <laughs> Um, so I asked Todd to come in today because he has some awesome tips and experience with publishing books that he's written. So he'll tell us all about that in a second. But before we start our official interview, Todd, we have a little tradition here on the Frugalicious podcast where we do something called a fast five. So I've picked five questions, Okay. just kind of icebreaker type questions, and I'm going to ask them to you and you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Hit me with them. All right. First question. If you could, what one fictional place or land would you visit and why? Stars Hollow. Oh, good one. Yep. And why? So that I could eat a meal that Suki makes. Amazing. That sounds awesome. Of all the places you've traveled, what's your favorite place and why? I would say Southern California um, because that is where I've made the most memories with my family. And the sun and the beach are always great. Totally. That is so much better after the rainy Pacific Northwest. Um, Okay, you have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life. What would it be? So, for example, like scotch tape or sushi. A very irresponsible choice, but I would say nacho cheese Doritos. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've known Todd for a long time. He does love his chips. Uh, I am the chip monster. Yeah. All right, two more questions. If you could see one movie again for the first time, what would it be and why? I'm going to go with... Even though it was a scary movie, it was yeah. called Hereditary. Ooh. Just because I didn't know what I was going to see walking into it. And afterwards, me and my friend that I saw it with, we had to just decompress a lot about what we saw in process mm. and mysteries and things like that. So it was probably the most like visceral movie experience I've had. Interesting. Last while. Good one. All right, last question. If you could rename yourself, what would your new name be? <laughs> um, We've all thought about it. Yeah. I feel like I could pass for Scott, maybe. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Perfect. All right, so now that we've warmed okay. up a bit, 
Um, I just would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about your experience writing and publishing your first book. And specifically on like the finance side and of how that went for you because you didn't go through like a big publisher and mm-hmm. what that experience was like. Yeah, so for my first one, um, I studied professional writing in university and worked in marketing and communications in the nonprofit world. And writing was always something that I loved. And then it became my work. And it started to become not that that fun thing that I loved anymore. It's still great, but um, it wasn't really working the creative side of my brain. Right, because it was just like the job they did. Yeah, and I kind of checked out at like 4.30 and that was Mm. it. And I started reading more um, on the side, just having more free time after university. Totally. And I said to my wife, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I said, you know what? I think that I'm going to try to write a novel. I have no training in this, but I'm just going to I'm gonna try for it. So I spent the next probably year and a half um, fleshing out a story and working on it and developing it and got it to where I was quite happy with it. And I always kind of had in my mind... Um, you know, write a book, you can get a traditional publisher to pick it up right away. Um, totally, like everyone's dream. Though. Yeah, exactly. It just it, it just happens. Um, if it happened to J.K. Rowling, it yes, can it can to happen me. to me. I can get a franchise out of totally. it. Totally. <laughs> and um, at the same time, I was starting to get into like the blogosphere world more and started connecting with other authors. And I just discovered how many self-published authors there were out there. Hmm. And uh, at the time, I had no idea... Um, what that meant or how it would work and um, I didn't have the the financial resources to be able to pull that off and then one author that um, never met in person but we started communicating via email and he told me about print on demand where essentially you don't really need any um, capital up front as far as getting your a printed book available for order online they just um, so such as Amazon uh, with their self-publishing platform where you can you upload your files and then anytime someone orders it, they just subtract the printing cost from your royalty oh. and that handles that. So it's smart. Super, so you don't have to publish like five thousand copies and then like, yeah, and get stuck all. with like oh like we live in a tiny little apartment, we barely have room for our stuff, let alone a yes. hundred books that I want to try to sell now. And you don't want to have to mail them out and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So, yeah. So um, nice. yeah. So and that was it's a it's a really exciting time to be a creative person now, whether it's recording music, making a movie, or in my case, releasing a book. So um, a lot of the the hard work of the distribution and production side is is taken care of. That's awesome. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about the like the name and the general teaser for your first first book, just Mm -hmm. in case they want to pick it up? Which it's really good, by the way, I've read it. It's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Um, yeah, so it is called Eastbound Sailing. And so we'll put a link in the show notes so you oh, can perfect. check it out. Yep. And it is um, set in a fictional island in the Pacific Northwest. And um, I grew up on a small island myself. So island culture and island living is... So it's different really, than big city. Yeah, very different. And yeah. it's... And you hear people say, write what you know. So mm. I thought this is a, a fictional world that I could create that would still feel real. Mm. And the premise in a nutshell is um, sort of like a jaded, disenchanted millennial. Um, his father passed away and they had a little family cabin on this island. So following his father's death, he goes to visit the island to check on the cabin. And it's sort of a coming of age father-son drama uh, where it's 
basically he's faced with all the demons of his past and mm. has to deal with them. Self-discovery. So, and, yeah. And a great surprise twist ending, which yeah. I love. The twist endings. It's great. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so then after you released that book, you wrote a few other books. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about, did you use the same same platform, same way of publishing those ones as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same same platform. And then, so with the first book, I kind of just was, the story and plot kept coming together as I wrote it. I didn't have any sort of outline. And then I think it was, uh, we were in church one day and somehow um, wasn't related to like the sermon or anything, but um an entire story arc basically came to me. So mm-hmm. I just jotted down and um, the essentials and then went home and over the next uh, couple of weeks mapped out like an entire outline of it. And so that was a totally different writing process that way. And then um, we welcomed our first daughter into our family and that book, that project stayed untouched for about three years. <laughs> and um, I still, it was always in the background of my mind of like, oh, I want to try to finish this someday. And then yeah. we started, we were then expecting uh, about two and a half years later, um, we were expecting our second child. And I thought, well, if I don't get this done now, um, I probably never will. Yeah. So buckled down and uh, finished that one. Yeah, and then having gone through the the production cycle already, I was familiar with the ins and outs. So that... Right, probably easier the second time. Yeah, a lot more familiar nice. on what to do. Awesome. And um, yeah, and that one, like it was a short, only 92 pages. So I kind of, I was binging a lot of TV at that time. And I mm-hmm. loved the the concept of being able to just, whether it's like over a weekend or whatever, sit down with a, a season of a show that you love and mm-hmm. go through it kind of in one really long sitting. This totally. obviously isn't as long as it would take to binge through something else. But sure. yeah, I wanted to create something that could be consumed quickly, but also thought of after. Yes. Uh, so that was sort of the the methodology with that project. Another surprise ending and actually fun story, Todd. I was yeah. reading your book when I was I was on a trip and I was in a room with some people and I was finishing it up and I got to the end and I just yelled out like, what? <laughs> like in the middle of the room and they're like, what happened? What happened? I'm like, oh my gosh, like surprise yeah. ending. Yeah. Anyways, also very surprising and like a, not necessarily like a delightful surprise, but like a whoa, mm-hmm. crazy. So I loved that. It was yeah. great. Oh, good. And you just released your third book. Mm-hmm. Fourth, technically. Fourth, yeah. Third yeah. third solo project. Third solo, yeah. So tell us about that one. Yeah. This was um, this was the fastest uh, project has ever come together. I was I wanted to do something different again where I'd kind of done like a short novel and then a novella. And I'd been toying with the idea of um, I just really loved short fiction and short stories, but um, couldn't think of a way that I couldn't think of enough short stories to put together into a collection. Right. And then um, February of, that was like around January of 2018 that that came to be, or the idea started percolating. And then the following month, uh, my family, we took a trip down to LA for a week. And somehow, like for no rhyme or reason, um, like it was just a very creatively inspiring trip and the ideas that I had from before kind of started to come together a bit more and then on the flight home I started mapping around mapping out in my head oh like these seven stories Hmm. they can all intersect and to make 
one large story. Kind of like Love Actually. Yes, like Love Actually, yeah. yeah. So so the book uh, called Love or something like it, uh, it's a connection of seven short stories where the end of the first story starts a second one, essentially, and then mm-hmm. kind of everything comes back full circle in the end. Which I totally um, read in one sitting, by the oh, way. Oh, good. Yeah, I was like, was this binged. is so, yeah. yeah, totally. I was like, this is, I have to find out what happens. Yeah. It's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think. So my other projects, they've always been, you know, kind of like according to like a genre and stuck to it. Um, Whereas this one with the short story format, I could experiment around a bit more with going like drama, tragedy, comedy, um, thriller, Mm. uh, dark thriller, and then uh, like almost like youthful teen romance too. Mm, Totally. Um, So with the different, each story having its own cast, plot, and genre, um, it was the most fun that I've ever had mm-hmm. um, with a project and the most it's the most that I had to like study the structure of it over over and um, so I think the biggest relief that I had when after it came out was most people have said like oh I loved how all the stories connected to make one big one I thought mm-hmm. oh good it worked Perfect. yeah because um, it's kind of risky yeah and yeah. um, I think what set this one apart from the other projects is I worked with a um, I'll call him my developed a developmental editor um, that worked with me on each story. Where he just kind of, I could talk through like the big Venn diagram that I had to say, okay, this is going to happen here. And this is, this is how these ones are connected. And he would say, oh, like I would not have picked up that connection. So like Mm. that's, so he could kind of help point out like some weak areas that I developed more. more. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So we'll put links to all those books in the show notes so you guys can check them out. They're all really great. Uh, I have two more questions for you. And before we talk about the financial part of it, because after yeah. all, this is a podcast about saving money, doing things frugally. Mm-hmm. Um, my question for you is about how do you find time to write? So you have a full-time job, mm-hmm. you have two amazing daughters and a lovely wife. And how do you find the time to write and to make this like essentially side business mm-hmm. like part of your life? No, yeah, that's a, it's a question I get a lot about. And people kind of think, oh, most people who write like they have like this great studio and these like dedicated hours in the morning and everything. And totally. I would love to have that kind of practice. <laughs> um, a lot of times what I do now is I, with having my phone on me, when ideas come together or come to me, I'll say, okay, I'm just going to jot this down in my phone in a note. Mm. Um, like, oh, this is a plot idea or here's something we can do here. And um, just biting off small bits of time and I think the perfectionist in me had to let go of trying to get a perfect first draft Mm. and say I'm just going to give myself permission to write a terrible first draft of something you can always edit yes I'll spew something out like I hate it as I'm writing I think this is the worst thing ever and then Mm. leave alone for a couple days and then come back and rework it so nice um, a lot of like small chunks yeah small chunks that start terrible and then can get refined (laughs) yeah (laughs) totally and so, like, over time, you said that, like, for example, your most recent book came together, like, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. What was the, t- like, what's a normal timeline? I guess they all kind of had different timelines, but. Yeah, this one, I think, with kind of finding my my practice of doing those little small chunks and the writing, refining, that one came together in, it was about s- seven to eight months it took me to write it. Okay. Um, it was only, it's about a 130-page book, so it's a, it's a shorter Mm-hmm. It's not like the great American novel of lengthwise, like 500 pages or whatever. Right. And, it's okay. But... You can't read those in one sitting. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's probably like a six to nine month writing process. Okay. Yeah. So not necessarily like the fastest side hustle out there to yeah. write a book, <laughs> but mm-hmm. very rewarding, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Okay, so last question is about like the financials. So you can share as much or as mm -hmm. little as you feel comfortable with. How has it been for you like financially? Have you found that you've gotten a lot of profit from it and in saving the money up front? Did that like give you more profit later? Like how did mm -hmm. that all work together for you? Um, yeah, so I kind of did it by selling in two phases. First, I like everything is print on demand. So right. you get your royalty. So if people are wondering like, oh, like how much... Like, oh, you sell a book for 10 bucks. That's pretty good. That would add up pretty quick. Yeah, but you have to pay the, the printing yeah. costs. And, mm -hmm. yeah. So Amazon buys the book from me. Mm -hmm. It's listed as $9.99. Mm -hmm. Amazon buys it for me for $7.99. Okay. And then they subtract the printing costs okay. and the shipping costs. So the end royalty for a $9.99 sale works about to $3.23 okay. that I get per copy. Okay. And then... For um, a print book. Like for an, a print book, yeah. Like an ebook would be... Yeah, like ebook I charge uh, $0.99 cents for it, and then my royalty is $0.35. Cents. Okay. So and you, as you make your sales and you see it go up, you have to get to a certain threshold. I believe it's... Um, for any American listeners, um, if you have a U.S. banking account... Um, you can get a direct deposit, I believe, when your royalties reach $50. Okay. But if you are out of country, your royalty threshold has to reach $100 U.S. before they issue you a check. Oh, okay. So, so there's a waiting period with that. It's a good incentive to try to push your sales. Totally. And then another way you can do it is you can order physical copies mm -hmm. as well and then just sell them for, for cash. So I did that for my launch party. Okay. Um, I ordered like 50 copies. And ended up with a, a bit more after factoring the printing costs. I got a little bit more per copy for that. So okay. the risk is obviously if you don't sell what you buy, you're stuck right. with that inventory. But yeah, um, it can be pretty easy to to move that aside. Yeah. So no, and then um, yeah, with Amazon, like you really you don't have to pay any fees to upload. The only thing would be. If you, say, hired a copy editor, mm -hmm. um, if you don't have a, a friend or someone that you could pay for that, and then if you, as well as with your cover artwork. Okay, yeah. And there's a great website called Upwork.com where mm -hmm. you can uh, hire freelancers from all around the world and say, this is my this is my cover that I want, here's my ideas, this is, this is my budget. And mm -hmm. then people can apply and you can see their stuff, so... You can certainly keep the cost according to what you want it to be. Yeah, totally. Or like yeah. if you have a friend who's a graphic designer or yes. like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then give them some publicity and credit for it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us in the studio, mm -hmm. Todd. Yeah, thank you, Beth, for having me. It's really cool to hear about how he put in so much work and energy to accomplish his dreams. I love that. Yeah. So we've heard from Todd, but we also want to hear from you, our listeners, because we know you probably have tons of great ideas and tips and stories for us. So have you ever self-published anything? Do you have an interesting side hustle, frugalicious tip of how to save money when starting a side hustle? What is the best way that you have found to save money when starting a side hustle? We want to hear from you. Also, if you have any questions for Todd, you can put those in and we can get an answer from him. I do know him, so we will definitely <laughs> get an answer. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at frugaliciouspod at gmail.com. That's F-R-U-G-A-L-I-C-I-O-U-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. Or you can leave comments on our website, frugaliciouspod.com. Or you can get in touch with us on social media, on Instagram or Facebook at frugaliciouspod. So since we had Todd around... For our do it or don't this week, we wanted Todd to give the do it or don't. So let's hear what he had to say. 
Uh, before you go, could you just uh, do us a quick favor? And we have something on the show called a do it or don't tip. Mm-hmm. So something for the listeners that they could try at home if they're interested in this. But again, listeners, do it mm-hmm. or don't. You don't have to, but just a friendly, frugal tip from mm-hmm. our guest today. My tip would be if you have a Twitter account, go mm-hmm. on and search for author. Because mm. pretty much every self-published author will have a Twitter feed. And what I have found um, with the writing community is that um, anyone who has self-published a book, they love giving out free advice mm. on how, how it worked for them, how they went about publishing, how they promote their book. Smart. And um, it, it stokes the author's ego a little bit too. So that always kind of helps um, them elicit just good advice and tips as everybody's that, that what I'm sharing worked for me. Um, other authors will find what worked for them. And the good thing is that you can play around and see what works for you. Right. And it's like good free advice. Mm-hmm. And probably good to make those like networking connections as well. Absolutely. Because you never know yeah. like who they know and who, mm-hmm. how they can help in the future. Yeah. Get them to review your book. Mm-hmm. And if you get someone with a following to say, hey, I read this great book. Mm-hmm. You should check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Free publicity. Yeah, free publicity for sure. Good. Great tip. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with the last part of our side hustle series about starting a business where we'll interview a friend who started her very own business from the ground up. Thanks so much for listening. Be frugal, be fabulous, and let's talk again soon. Bye. Don't bind to the FOMO. We spend money like slow-mo. But we ain't broke, no. Because every penny makes sense. Can I get an amen? Amen. Get out of debt. It's where the money's at. And where the money's at. <laughs> We do the budget dance! for joining us for this episode of Frugalicious. Our music is by Atoria. Thanks to Todd for sharing all his wisdom and life experience with us. And special thanks to our mom for being a so library and helping us build a love of reading. Thanks, thanks mom. mom. Please subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on new episodes. Rate and review us. Let us know what you think. And in doing so, you'll also help others find our podcast. You can find us on social media at Frugalicious Pod. And together, let's make the world a more Frugalicious place. will be edited yeah jessica can totally (laughs) jessica adding out the pause please okay we'll fix it in post is what we always say um (coughs) it's okay we'll fix it in post edit out the cough jessica edit out the cough edit out the cough todd has a cold right now did we do enough future jessica (laughs) you're getting a lot of work this time yeah Okay, so something that my new fitness tracker does is when I get to my step call, it buzzes and it shows this little trophy on the screen. Oh! Like, burp, burp, burp. <laughs> Love it. Um, so that is such a, like an accountability thing. So it's like an obliger thing. Yes! For sure, because I actually don't like knowing all those things. Like when oh. I go for a run, people like having like their heart rate. I'm like, I just want to run. run and do what I want to do. Yeah, but I want to know that I get all my steps to get my carrot points, so that's really what it's about. Yeah, the points. Points are a very obliger thing. Yes, I know. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Okay. I'm fascinated by this about myself. Okay. <clears throat>